So a lot of rich and or smart folks think the robot apocalypse is upon us. Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, Steve Wozniak, and Ray, you two will be assimilated, Kurzweil. And I think they're wrong. As arrogant and foolish as this may seem, I have an argument. And this week on The Shanaki, I'm going to explain to you why I think Skynet is the last thing you should be afraid of. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No problemo. Okay, so in a nutshell, I have two points. Everyone who thinks that machines will rise up and displace us is A, confused about economics, and B, anthropomorphizing technology. Not just describing agency where none currently exists, but assuming that all forms of consciousness will be flawed in the same ways that we are. And there's no evidence for it. It's also interesting to note that all these people live, work, and breathe technology. But they are afraid that what they do could be the end of the world. You can easily make the case that Bill Gates is one of the most powerful and important men in the world, but the idea that his field is the difference between life and death for the entire species? That's a little too convenient and arrogant, even for a billionaire. I'm the most important man in the world is always a statement riddled with hubris. Since it's logically impossible to prove a negative, a principle that all apocalypse hoaxes rely upon, we will have to ask ourselves, is it likely that machines will become self-aware, rise up, and wipe us out? Well, let's look at this from the standpoint of the sun not rising tomorrow. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that it won't. I can't prove that the sun won't not rise tomorrow. But if we know something about celestial mechanics, if we can agree that the sun is constant and only appears to rise and set because the world is round and spinning, we can go a long way towards dispelling mysticism. Now we can ask a whole bunch of other useful questions. Can the earth stop spinning in an evening? Could the sun just wink out? Could it explode? And based on our understanding of physics and observations made in the real world, we could develop a sense of how likely those things are to happen and hopefully sleep better at night as a result. As a starting point, let's take a recent statement of Steve Wozniak's. If we build these devices to take care of everything for us, eventually they'll think faster than us, and they'll get rid of the slow humans to run companies more efficiently. Is this likely? Sure. Why not? But as stated, is it a problem? The answer, I think, is no. And to understand why, we need to understand the fundamental wellspring of human economic activity. Why do companies exist? And what do they do? Well, a company produces a product or service for people. If it's a good company, it is a good product or service that people want at a price they are willing to pay. If it's a bad company, it either goes out of business or exploits regulatory protection to the detriment of consumers everywhere. For example, the cable company. Defer for a moment the idea of companies of robots producing goods and services for robot consumers. I promise I'll dispatch that idea in due course, but to stake that vampire, we need to look a little deeper into how an economy works. You see, people have wants and needs. The world is so complicated that those wants and needs are pretty much indistinguishable from each other, 
Things that we see as basic needs in the United States don't exist much in sub-Saharan Africa, and a lot of them probably didn't exist before 1850 or so. But the thing with people is that no matter how much we have, we always, always want more. Sure, one car is good, but why not two? A convertible to drive on sunny days? If it was cheap enough, or you were rich enough, you'd buy one. Or any one of a thousand other damn fool things that your grandparents were perfectly happy doing without. No matter how much we have, a little bit more will always make us happier. You could argue that a person only needs one pair of shoes, but the availability of shoes, coupled with the inherent greed and vanity of mankind, is how we wind up with Air Jordans and Manolo Blancos and all the rest. Now you may be more enlightened than this, and I certainly hope that there are saints and bodhisattvas among my listening audience, but the odds are you are not. And the entire history of mankind is a pretty damning chronicle of appetite and avarice. Deep inside everyone, there is a voice that screams for more. I believe that coming to grips with this inner appetite is the key to true happiness. And I am in good company on this. Lao Tzu wrote, He who knows when he has enough is truly rich. So for me, the most fundamental problem with the robot apocalypse scenario is that economic production is arranged for the satisfaction of people. We already live in a world of abundant capital. And our problem is not having enough stuff to make something. It's knowing which things to make and how to distribute and market them. Robots taking over all production is just more abundance. And that's unequivocally good. People don't spin yarn into thread by hand anymore. Machines do it. And there are more people working in the textile industry now than before machines took it over. They're just not doing the boring parts. And as we can already see in a world of abundant production, the scarce resource is ideas, specifically ideas about what people want and how to make people's lives better. And I don't mean this in a cure cancer or Mother Teresa kind of way. I mean it in a very practical way, in a wheels-on-luggage kind of way. Depending on how you want to pick the start, civilization is some six to 9,000 years old. The use of the wheel for transportation purposes is dated to 3500 BC. So we've had the wheel for 5,500 years, that 55 centuries. And it wasn't until 1972 that anybody really thought to add wheels to luggage. There's not an algorithm to come up with insights like that, or the insights that create profound art. It takes a deeper insight of what it means to be human than most humans have. Shakespeare had a profound understanding of what it meant to be human. In fact, Harold Bloom argues that Shakespeare invented modern human consciousness. It's a little crazy, but after you read his book, Shakespeare, The Invention of the Human, it's not quite as crazy as it first sounds. And that is more disturbing to me than the robot apocalypse. But let us say for a moment that robots learn how to put wheels on luggage. All they are doing is better satisfying our wants and needs. For me, the problem with that is pretty obvious. It's the Wally problem. We become a race of fat, useless, stupid, and capable slobs. In animation, this is cute. In the real world, this is very sad and ugly. Asimov wrote about this very problem with great eloquence and sensitivity in the robot novels and his Foundation series. Humans who colonized the first planets outside Earth relied on robots for everything and became 
not only incapable, but estranged from each other, and they stopped reproducing. This is, I think, a real and terrifying threat of ascendant technology, but that's not a robot apocalypse. That would be something we would choose to do to ourselves, like drug addiction. But what about greedy, self-aware machines? Let us accept for a moment that machines will become self-aware. But as you do this, recognize that this is a gigantic leap. We have literally no idea what consciousness is, or for that matter, what dark matter is. And dark matter makes up 84.5% of the universe. So we literally don't know what the vast majority of reality is composed of, either physically or phenomenologically. But cast the glaring defects in our knowledge aside and say that machines do develop consciousness. Consciousness being, again, a thing which we can't define. Why would they be greedy? And why would they be greedy for the things we need? My argument is two-pronged here. One, we are assuming that all consciousness is or would be like our consciousness, and that the flaws in our makeup are somehow inherent in all of consciousness. That's base anthropomorphism. And I don't think there's any reason to believe that's the case. Dolphins are conscious. They're very smart. Are they greedy? Are they even in consciousness inferior to us? Why? Because we've made computers and used them to scare ourselves with? The consciousness of machines may well be far higher than ours, which would be quite humbling, wouldn't it? And we already have a glimpse of something like this in an answer to the Fermi paradox. The Fermi paradox goes like this. The apparent size and age of the universe suggests that many technologically advanced extraterrestrial civilizations ought to exist. However, this hypothesis seems inconsistent with the lack of observational evidence to support it. In other words, where the hell is everybody? One of the answers offered to this paradox is that civilizations grow to a point and then annihilate themselves with their technology. Nuclear war, biological warfare, nanotechnology, a robot apocalypse, you know, all the fun stuff. But that also leaves the possibility that some civilizations would evolve past this point of self-destruction, developing a higher consciousness, if you will. I mean, why the hell not? We can't define consciousness. And this is the kicker. Developing to that state of higher consciousness means that they don't need or want to go anywhere or conquer anybody. And what about immortality? The reason people have kids is so something of themselves and their DNA goes on. But what if you knew you weren't going to die? What if we evolved to the point where we didn't face death, where we never faced death? For a human, this is probably an impossible-to-fathom question. But for a consciousness that lives on a chip, what does death look like, if it looks like anything at all? Why reproduce? Just because we have a very strong drive to do so doesn't mean that a robot does or will. And for those who say that we will create our digital children in our own image, I say, you fool yourself about both children and consciousness. If a thing has free will, it will make choices you don't like, want, or expect. Such is parenthood. I think part of the reason that people are afraid of robots is that in nature, a fitter species will displace an inferior species at an exponential rate. But this statement is incomplete 
This will happen only if the species are competing for the same resource base. And would we be? Really? Maybe electricity. But the faster and more powerful computers become, the smaller they get. Would the most powerful computer ever be the smallest and most efficient? And we desire computers to be faster for our own purposes, for crunching large amounts of data and rendering 3D graphics. But what would be the purposes of self-aware computers? We don't know. And not knowing is scary. And scary is great for the purposes of writing thrillers and controlling people who are easily frightened and not so swift in the critical thinking department. What are my qualifications to talk about any of this? Well, none, really. I have an understanding of economics, but all the people I mentioned at the beginning of this essay are all way, way smarter than I am. But ultimately, the veracity of an idea isn't about qualifications. Nobody cared about Einstein's qualifications. They cared about the quality of his thought. Now, I'm no Einstein, but I think I just knocked a couple of holes in the theory of the robot apocalypse. And until somebody fills them in with good answers... I'm just going to go back to worrying about the zombie apocalypse. It's probably just as unlikely. But it's way more entertaining.